0: Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to the DS Walk Show. Yo, DS Walk, and as we say in Detroit, what up, dude? <laughs> but it feels good to be here on speak. Oh, excuse me, on Anchor Podcast on this Monday, and I'm gonna get right into it because yesterday was the last two parts of the last dance of the 97-9H Carver Bulls title run. And we got to see the insight of Michael Jordan throughout this documentary, also of Scottie Pippen, um, the front office, uh, the teams they went up against, documentary is over. Uh, what I want to say before I get into more details about the documentary. Um, First thing I want to say is that ESPN done a very very good job on this documentary. How uh, they portray the Bulls, Michael Jordan, and everyone else. But I will say, Mike, on the downside, Michael basically basically controls the narrative of this documentary because he did not want to make himself look bad, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I just kind of wish that we got more detail, more insight. They made a lot of people look bad in this documentary, some rightfully, some not. Like I said, I kind of wish that Mike didn't control the narrative about this documentary. But I understand where he come from, where he was worried about his reputation, worried about what people think. and. And there were a lot of parts in this documentary where you be like, dang, Mike was a real jerk or Mike was a real a-hole or Mike was a real punk. But overall, Mike was sure, man. (laughs) He came out looking really good in this documentary. And in '10, it it lived up to the hype about this documentary. Um, And here's my take on it. Michael Jordan. Um, Regardless documentary. Uh, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. If you was around back in the 80s like I was, if you was around in the 90s like I was, if you was around seeing Michael Jordan's career from the time he played with the Bulls to the time he retired with the Washington Wizards, Wizard. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny that Michael Jordan did retire at Chicago Bull. He actually retired for the second time, Washington retired for the final third the third time, final time with, with the uh, Washington Wizards as a part owner and player. That's kind of crazy to say that because when we think of Michael Jordan, we think of the mask. what we see in the really a Bull. He at Bull. retired that Chicago Bull. He retired twice. With the Bulls, but to just know that Mike put on another uniform. That's kind of like one of those things where that should have never happened. That's kind of one of those things where you're not supposed to see that. That should never happen. And that part of it, what in the documentary, never got talked about, never spoke up. And I wish it had because that in itself is a my is a. Something that should have been discussed I mean, you know how did it lead to him being part owner of the wizards and the washington capitals and what led him to be a player again what happened and what happened between him and a poli you know so that part i'm kind of a little disappointed was left out kind of disappointed it was have discussed because you know, if you're gonna talk about Michael Jordan, he done as a player for the Chicago Bulls. You gotta talk about what well, Michael Jordan was, how he was, because he was part of that wizard organization. Even for a short period of time, he was still part of the organization. He was a, a big part of the organization. Now, again, that's one of those days where look, they don't want to make Mike look bad. All right, I mean. Mike looked pretty bad out in the Wizards. Not, not as a player, but as a executive. As a player, you know, Mike was Mike. His game really on the downside. And I get it. Everybody say, you know, Mike retired in his apex. Really, he, he retired with the downside of his career. So, on that front, yeah, I'm disappointed. In the fact that we didn't get to talk, see that. how' him talk about that express his opinions how he was feeling but even through it all mike jordan was the greatest basketball player of all time skill wise mentally wise Michael jordan was that guy he was so dominant that it even the greater greatest great players of his era they just couldn't figure out how to beat you that's why I always, that's why I give the Detroit Pistons more credit than any other team. Any other team in the NBA during that time. I gave them a lot of give them a lot of credit, not only beat Michael Jordan, but for making him Michael Jordan tougher, make him more focused, and in some ways they show what he had to do, what it takes to win a the championship. The Detroit Pistons did that, and they don't get a lot of credit for that. As a matter of fact, they get a lot of criticism. The style they play and the way they play and the way they treated Michael Jordan. They treated Michael Jordan like he was just any other player. You know he was special. He was special. He was more talented than anyone on the court. He was better than anyone on the court. But they made him early. They beat him down. Let him know that yo, you gonna beat us. You got put. You got. You got to go to work. You got a pack of lunch and you got to go to work. You gotta if you wanna beat us, you gotta be tougher than us. They deserve a lot of credit for that. They don't get that credit because if they portray as the bad boys, which they were, they get portrayed as bad guys. They get treated like they're bullies, they get treated like an attack. Because Michael Jordan didn't like the Detroit business. He didn't like the way they play. He didn't like their style. But sometimes, even the great ones like Mike you, that is pretty damn talented. The reason why I say Bobby, Bobby Jordan is the greatest, best player of all time, because after that, Mike didn't let nobody eat. Mike didn't let nobody beat him. Mike refused to lose. After the night, after the like what happened to them in 1990, my guy, or focused. he got tough physically, mentally. He got Scottie Pippen tough mentally, physically. His team, they were all on his page. He demanded everybody get to his level. They didn't have to be on this level as far as skill wise, but mentally wise, he demanded that because he knew that was the only way this team was going to win. You know, that's the only way if they was together mentally that they can they was gonna win. As a leader, then was Michael Jordan a great leader? Absolutely not. Because his the way he lead, the way he led, the way he pissed off the teammates, the way he made on the teammates, the way he made picked on Scott Burrell, the way he to him. That's not a sign of a good leader, but it worked. It absolutely worked. In, in, in this documentary, especially 9 to 10, when, when they got towards the end, the Chicago Bulls had no business beating the Indiana Pacers. And I, I have to agree with Reggie Miller. I have to agree with Jalen Rose and those guys, Mark Jackson, because. The back end of his career, the Bulls and the Pacers was a hell of a rivalry, and again, it's one of those rivalries where it don't get talked about a lot. Just like the Bulls and the Knicks, did they didn't get talked about a lot about those rivalries? The Pacers was a thorn in the Bulls' ass, especially Reggie Miller and Michael Jordan, because Reggie Miller was a great player, like he did fear. He had no fear in him about Michael Jordan. He felt like, yo, Michael score, I score. I might not be better than Michael Jordan. I might not, I know I'm not a greater athlete than Michael Jordan, but he knows that he can go toe-to-toe with Mike. And he knows that his team is mentally strong, physically, mentally strong. They know they matched up well against Chicago Bulls. They know they can beat the Chicago Bulls. They had Game 7 wrapped up. Game 7 was there. They played 42 minutes, of hard nose, in your face, took it to the Bulls for 42 minutes. They were the best team on the court. They were six minutes away going to their first NBA finals. And you can make an argument that they will probably will have won that championship. It was 42 minutes away. Then the jump ball happened. And then the quick basket happened. And then another one. And then it went from Indiana feeling confident, feeling good about themselves to straight panic mode, less than 60 seconds. It went from Steve Current three-pointer to a Michael Jordan two-point basket. The ball game over. Their confidence was shot after that. And even though, even though they were still in the game. And we really got to score. Oh, it, it, it was a close game. They're still in it. Mentally, they were out of it. Mentally, it was over with because that jump ball changed every part of that basketball game. Changed the momentum of that game. It changed from the Pacers being up by three to now the Pacers being down by two. And I remember that game because that because that's. That six minutes after they was going back and forth, but Indiana missed so many shots, so many bricks that you could tell in their body language, like they didn't know what happened or what hit them. I knew what hit them. It was called they. They should have won that jump ball. They they should have won the tap. But even though Rick Smith did tap, won the tap, won the ball but it landed in Scottie Pippen's hands. It went right to the Bulls. If he was just tipping back towards the basket, I think it was Reggie Miller right there, or Mark Jackson, one there would have had the ball. That would have been a ball game. I think a lot of times, if they're not serious, I want to say, wow, I do I get to a, another uh, call here. Um, uh, During that series, I think a lot of forget that if you watched it, that whole series was number close games. It, it wasn't like the Bulls had a big-time advantage over Indiana Pacers. like they had every other team during that playoff run. The Indiana Pacers toe-to-toe went head up against the Bulls. They're not serious. The Indiana Pacers probably was the only team to make Michael Jordan work. I mean, really work. I mean, you heard from yourself. The Indiana Pacers was one of the toughest series he ever played in. Next to Detroit. They made him work. And both ends of the basketball court, they made him work. They made him earn it. During the, the... um. During the Bulls' dominance of winning six championships, no team ever did make them work, not even the New York Knicks. Not even the New York Knicks. New York made them work, but they didn't make them work as hard as the Pacers did. Pacers, it, it was like, it was basically Mike Tyson versus Ali. you pick. It was Mike Tyson versus Muhammad Ali, last round. Who you got? That's the type of fight it was. And again, I am just, like I said, a little disappointed that they didn't go deeper into that. And I know it was a documentary and I know you can't really go deep about teams they play, but I wish they did. that was a great Eastern Conference Final Series. It was. And and to sit here to see that Michael Jordan even acknowledged that. To sit here and to see that how Michael Jordan even said, yo, this was the, the toughest series that we ever played against since Detroit fishing And that I love that. I because sometimes players don't admit that. Sometimes players won't even acknowledge that. But, it, but to see what the great Michael Jordan acknowledge that. And to hear Jalen Rose and Mark Jackson and Rachel Miller even saying that, yo, we got a squad. We had the best squad in the Eastern Conference. And they were prepared for the Bulls. And to to hear Michael, those guys even say, yo, Indiana was no joke. I like that. And I'll tell you something else I really like. I like the fact that how Michael Jordan is playing the flu game. Uh, excuse me. What was supposed to be the flu game was actually the in poisoning game. And to know that the Utah Jazz have the Chicago Bulls on the ropes in game time. Only. Only. Michael Jordan. To dig somewhere deep. Find the strength scored 39 points and beat the Utah Jazz on his worst day. I mean you can't make that up. The guy got food food poison eating pizza. Now for the life of me I don't know how you get food poison eating pizza. That's one of the things that's that's unheard of. I don't know they must have spiked the pizza with some they added or they probably added some uh some lactose, lactose, whatever they did to pizza to, to make it nasty. But, um, but to literally give Michael Jordan food poisoning, to give your team advantage, and they still couldn't take advantage of it, that tells you right there how great that man is. That's insane. That's really insane. And, for the second time, even in 98, when Scottie Pippen, who was having a back issue, back problem, couldn't. He dunked the basketball for the first basket and he was done. He shouldn't have even played after that. He shouldn't have even been on the court. But even Scottie Pippen had to dig deep. He had to tough it out, like, man, you know, my back is killing, but you know what, I'm going to play. I'm going to play. I won't redeem myself for quitting on my team back in 94. But I sat on the bench. And then when we then want to be part of that last shot against the New York Knicks. No, I think that was 95. It was 94-95. But when that happened, I wish they went deeper into that, it, that issue as well. When that happened. Everyone was coming down to the pit. Then when you fast forward to 98, I say he redeemed himself by playing on his back, which it was pretty darn bad. It looked like numerous times he had spaghetti legs like he just couldn't make enough court. And he found a way. He dug deep, found a way to finish that game. Come back and play and finish. That gave the Bulls that extra little <clears throat> especially Michael Cause he was doing everything. Michael finished with 41, but he was doing everything. And for Scott, to see Scott appear to come back. You know, he got some. You know, he got some. He scores baskets. It, it it wasn't no jump shot. It, everything he scored was kind of close. But the presence of him being out there, it gave the Bulls. It gave Michael that little extra. Um, uh, finish off the Utah Jazz. And I like it how Michael said. How everyone said, yo, Michael doing." You no, know, he pushed off on Brian Russell. And Mike watched that play, And when he called everyone, that's a BS. I didn't push him. His momentum, his energy started to take him that way. I just had my hand on his ass. <laughs> and he hit the shot. And to Michael's credit, he is kind of right. In today's basketball, that would have been a Even if you didn't push him, just have your hands on him and you get that look like you gave him that motion you, know, you pushed him that would have been a foul. but because his momentum was already going that way that's why they didn't call it and because no buyer russell you know you no know, it's just some guys are just targets some guys just need to keep their mouth shut and Byron Russell, one of those guys, was Mike, Mike told the story back in 95 of how Byron Russell came up to him, was like, no, why are you retiring? I was going to get your ass, I was going to bust your ass. And we told Carl and John, you know, after practice, when Mike came to visit, uh, to practice, come visit Utah while I was practicing 'cause usually he was usually up there visiting the Bulls at practice. and practice. When he told me, hey, you, better, you better tell him. got tell him, Bobby. And I and you know what? And to me I find that funny because I'm quite sure a lot of guys had came up and probably told that to Mike while he was retired. You know, when time Mike come up and visit, hey, why are you talking about, I was going to bust you, now, I was going to take you to you. No, now that's just kidding, though. I'm quite sure Mike saying that on numerous, numerous occasions. And just like Mike, he didn't forget. He said in a documentary. He already had scouted by Russell in 95. He already knew what this kid can do. That's why he won't worry about it. That's, that's totally insane and crazy. And again, I started by saying that Michael Jordan is the greatest best player of all time. And I know his skill set back then set that's what separated him from a lot of players back then to a lot of them was his skill set. But to me, what separate Michael Jordan from all NBA players, even in the yesteryears, even in his time he was playing, era he was playing, and even today's era, what separates Michael Jordan from all of them is the mental aspect the way he approached the game. The way that Michael Jordan only focused on basketball. That's it. All his business adventure took care of itself. But what Mike took the to court, it was all about basketball. It was all about domination opponents. It was all about winning 24 7. And I shouldn't say we took the court, I should say just during the season. Because to be honest to Mike, basketball season was all year round. That's not taking anything away. For the players in this era, mainly LeBron James. LeBron James is the greatest player in this era living in right now. He is the greatest basketball player in the NBA right now. It is LeBron James. And his time in this era, yes, he is. When you look at LeBron James, he has so many business adventures that he doesn't focus just mainly on basketball. I'm not saying during the games. LeBron don't follow the basketball because I'd be a liar because he does. But because there are so many things, so many distractions during the season that he focuses on, that it is kind of really hard for any player of this generation to focus on basketball 24-7. Especially during offseason. Mike Jones is that type of guy where his adventures it took care of himself he handled those but when it was time to be serious when it's time to be basketball mode that was it that was it and knowing that and during those times he didn't like we didn't have to worry about soccer. he didn't have to worry about the game. he had to worry about a b and c but today basketball James, Kevin Durant, Seth Curry, that guy, they were by about ADC and D&D and d and E, and f and g didn't. And if he did, you know, it was pushed to the side. Michael Jordan didn't have, even though, well I'm going to take that back, Michael Jordan did have, he did have a lot of distractions You would never know about it because the way he approached the game I mean sure he had business deals with Nike with McDonald's people want Mike to endorse him Mike had a few restaurants yeah and Mike played in a time where you know the black athlete Everyone want Mike to be that black athlete where they want him to be like the Muhammad Ali, to be the guy to stand up for a cause, to be a guy who stands up for something, you know, like Muhammad Ali, like Jim Brown. That wasn't Mike. Mike won't go that way. Even when he got criticized because he endorsed, uh, a politician from uh, his home state, North Carolina. And then he took a lot of criticism for that. But now we find out oh, the guy was dirty. So you think Mike's going to. Of course, that nah. Mike was so conscious about his reputation and he protected it, he protected it hard. Just like I said, j- just just like today's players, today's players, they protect their reputation way far, way beyond how Mike had to do it. Because I sh- I, what I should say is today's player reputation, you know, is it, a little different. It's a little different back when Michael played. I think a lot of guys in today's league I'm not saying they don't care about their reputation what I'm just saying is that if they take a hit if some of them take a hit it's okay they can recover for that if Michael Jordan took a hit or endorsed somebody who was sleazy who didn't represent what he's still for if I can someone that he shouldn't have, his reputation will take a hit in this side I mean, for example, we see how Kobe Bryant's reputation took a hit during that case in Colorado. Shaq's reputation took a hit, and, and you see how long it took those guys to build it back up. Shaq's not that big, but you see how long it took Kobe to build his back up. Michael Jordan couldn't afford that. They really couldn't. Another thing I like about this documentary was that we got to see all sides of Michael Jordan. We got to see Michael Jordan being compassionate, especially when it came to his top security guy, Gus, who he loved like a father, who been there for my very long time. And how he was worried about Gus was sick. And how he visited Gus in the hospital, how he visit Gus and his family at home. And he made sure they were they were okay, made sure they were taken care of. Then we gotta see another side of Mike when he was joyful laughing and playing around with his teammates. And then we gotta see another side of Mike being a jerk and a bully. But through all of that, he was able to lead his team. He was able to get them on the same page. He was able to get these guys to play mentally at his level in the Championships. Michael Jordan, hands down, the greatest basketball player of all time. We will never find another guy like Michael Jordan. This documentary proves that. Thank God, listen to my show. I'll talk to you guys later. I'm out. Peace.